to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. And we count it a privilege to be with you again today. We're going to talk and look at Psalm 23 today, Vince. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And as we come to this Christmas season, you know, we're only a week or so away from Christmas. Christmas has become a day, I think, for a lot of people. It's Santa and Rudolph and it's all these other things. And, and we need to remember that it it's about Jesus. And it's about Christ. And as we look at Psalm 23, I will get a lot of presents this Christmas, so I shall not be in want. No, it doesn't say that. My family's coming over for Christmas, so I shall not be in want. No. I've got a beautiful Christmas tree, so I shall not be in want. No. What it says is, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. And as Christians, we have got to once again come back to the whole idea that it's Jesus is our provider. He is our source. It's The world will tell us all sorts of things, that, that it's money in the bank, it's our job. All these things are our source. He is our source. He is our source for healing. He is our source for wisdom. He is our source for peace. He is our source for joy. He is our source for all these things. And I love that. I shall not be in want. And that want is for anything. Amen. For anything. For health, for peace, for joy for finances, for whatever. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. Well, just like uh, the Apostle Paul wrote, in him I live and breathe and have my very being. And and that's where God wants us. And and just before the broadcast, we were talking, and and this scripture rang out to me. We're going to go to Psalms 23. But this show is designed to ignite people's faith on fire and really our faith as well. (laughs) And it says here in... uh, First Corinthians chapter two, he says, and my speech and my preaching, that means my, my, my conversations were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Again, God wants us to, to rely and trust in him with all of our hearts. That's what Psalm 23 talks about. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want for anything because he's my shepherd. He's my source. He's my alpha and my omega. He's my beginning and my end. He's my everything. That's why he wrote in over in Acts, in him I live and breathe and have my very being. And, and that's the way God wants us to be. Scripture says he's a jealous God. He's jealous for his people. He wants, he wants us to, again, trust in him with all of our hearts, see him as our main ultimate source, only source. And it says, what does it say over there in Psalms 23? It says, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Oh, that verse two, he make me, he make me to lie down in green pastures. Lie down means I'm resting. When you're laying down, you're resting. 
He said in green pastures. He didn't say in dirt or in slop, in green pastures. So if you can imagine laying down in some green pastures, that sounds like everything's okay. If I'm laying down, I'm resting in some green pastures. He said, because I'm in relationship with the Lord, that's the position I'm in. I'm resting. I, I ain't worried about anything because I'm understanding Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus said, don't worry about your life, what you should eat, what you should drink. He said, just seek first the kingdom. Seek after me and my way of doing things. And I'm going to add all these things to you. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And I was thinking this morning on my way here how we kind of made the commands of God optional. <laughs> They're not optional. They're, that's what they call it, a command. Well, yeah. And you know what? We also make the promises of God optional. Right, right, right. Same thing. That's God's word. We make it optional. No, he wants you. That's why Paul said, in him, in him, I live and breathe and have my very being. The Bible says in Colossians, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Yeah. So that's what he wants us to do. And he says, Receive with meekness the engrafted word. Again, you got to receive it. He said the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. And then over in Thessalonians, he said the word that you heard, the word of God, you didn't receive it as the word from men, but from God, which works effectively in those who believe. So God word works. Psalms 23 at work. Well, you know, and, the, and you talk about, as I said before, we sometimes think the promises are optional, that somehow... Uh, maybe it, this promise of God will be good today, but maybe it won't be. Maybe it'll be good tomorrow. Maybe it won't be. And all these promises, what I see, he makes me lie down in green pastures as a promise. To me, you know, there'll be people who say, that's not a promise. To me, that's a promise. That is a promise of God. He's going to make me to lie down in green pastures. And you, and you said earlier, lie down. That means to rest. And I'm going to be resting in him. And I'm going to be resting in a green pasture. Mm -hmm. And what is rest? Just because you're laying on your couch doesn't necessarily mean you're resting. The rest that we're talking about here is that absence of fear, that absence of worry, all those things. I'm going to be at rest. That sheep that is speaking here, who's lying down in a green pasture, whose shepherd is right there beside him, isn't worried about anything. Uh. He's not fretting <laughs> about where am I going to get my next meal? What's going to happen to me? Oh, woe is me. That sheep is happy. That sheep is contented because he knows who his shepherd He's is. He's not even worried about the wolf that's lurking around. Because his he, shepherd's his right shepherd's there. He's right got to protect him. Right, and, now, and that's the way we have to... See God in our life. He's Scripture says He's all. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. If He be for us, who? If the Shepherd be for you, who can be against and you? And see, that's a promise of yeah. God. Yeah, uh, and, and you have to receive that promise. Well, we have to believe it because if I don't believe it, mm -hmm. you know, I think we talked a couple weeks ago. There are a million things to worry about. I can mm -hmm. find a million things to worry about, and so could you, and so could everybody else. But Jesus says, "Do not worry." Because I'm there. I'm, I'm here. I'm your mm -hmm. shepherd. You're not going to be in want of anything because I'm here. I will watch over you. I'll take you where you need to go. I'll be there for you in every situation. And look what else the shepherd does in verse 3. He restores my soul. And I'm going to say our soul. Look, he leads us in the path of righteousness for his name's sakes. And, and look, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's, that's, yea, though I walk through the, those seasons of hard times. Time's hard to deal with. But look what he declares. you got to say it. I will fear no evil. Or well, why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He say, 
I'm not going to fear any evil. Why? Because the shepherd is always watching over me. And even though sometimes we may have to go in the fiery furnace, sometimes we may have to go in the lion's den of life. We have to go through storms, trials, and tribulations. Jesus said it. In this world, you will have trials and tribulations. But he says, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And the scripture says in 1 John, this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith in God. We just read it in Corinthians that your faith will not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So when we put our faith, our trust, our reliance on God, and God knows who's, who believes and trusts and relies on him. He really knows that. So he says, okay, I'm going to back up my promise. I'm going to back up my word because I know you believe me. You believe my word, and I'm going to watch over my word to perform it. Again, and, and if we don't believe it, he... It's not going to happen, not because of any problem of his. It's because we just choose not to believe it. I, if I want to be worried, I can be worried. Oh, yeah. If I want to fret, I can fret. But the reason why we don't need to is because he is there, and he will lead us through. And the, yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, for some reason, Psalm 23 has read a lot of funerals. And I think it's because of that verse. And so people think, well, you're walking through the valley of shadow of death. You really need Jesus. This is a live sheep. This is a sheep who's alive. He's living every day, and he's not worried. He's going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He's not walking to death. He's walking through the valley of the shadow of death. He, you know, even on those days, like you said, where things are tough, this sheep's not going to worry because your rod and your staff, those are instruments that the shepherd would have used to protect the sheep. sheep. Amen. And Amen. he says, your protection is all around me. You and your protection are all around me. So I'm, I have well, no need to worry. And again, as we grow in the knowledge and increase in the knowledge of the Lord's will and uh, in our relationship with God, he tells us, goodness and mercy shall follow us. We'll get to that. All the days of our life. Yeah. Every day. And, goodness and, and, and mercy are going to follow me every day. And you know what? And, and God's been giving me a greater revelation of that goodness and mercy. I, 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 I see that goodness and mercy as two angels that follow me. Because he say he's given his angels charge over me and they keep me in all my ways. And in my path is life and there is no death. So I got goodness and mercy angels. That's what I named them. They're following me each and every day of my life. And the scripture says God's given us angels Angels are ministering spirits. They're to minister to those who have inherited salvation. So we, everybody has an angel assigned to them. But here's the deal. If you don't acknowledge or know you have an angel assigned to you, you're not going to rely on them. So I got goodness and mercy following me all the days of my life. Then I got this other angel that goes before me. His name is Favor. And, and you know, favor ain't fair. <laughs> favor ain't fair. Favor means you got something you really didn't deserve. And, and oh, another one of those angels is grace. I got grace and favor going before me. So I'm surrounded. His, I'm encamped around. God's goodness is just encamped around me. And I have to believe that as I go through life, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear because, because God before me, who can be against me? That has to be the mindset. The scripture says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Well, Jesus, he thought like that. He even said it. He said, if I want to, I can call a hundred legions of angels. He knew who he was. He knew the position he was in. He said, if I want to, I can do this. So I'll let you guys go ahead and handcuff me. But really, if I really wanted to get out of this. So that's got to be our mindset. We got to understand and believe that because God is for us, you know, we got a lot of promises. When you get born again, when you get saved, the scripture said you have an inheritance. 
And if you're a stranger, and the scriptures say we're in the new covenant, and the scriptures also say if you're a stranger to your covenant, you're without hope. And again, that's what this broadcast is all about, is to get your hope up, get your faith on fire, to let you real, stir up the gift that's in you so you'll realize what you have in Christ Jesus. When Jesus said it was finished, it was finished. He done redeemed and reconciled and restored us back to the Father with all rights and benefits. And we have to just receive those. Well, see, there are a lot of people who have no hope. They, they live without hope. I talk to people. You probably have to. We all run into people every once in a while, and they'll say something like, do you think there's any hope for the world? Boy, we, Jesus. You know, I say Jesus. The, the economy is so bad, and, and boy, we the country seems to have seen its best days, and things just don't look that great. Do you think there's any hope in the world? And there are a lot of people, I think, living, Christians and non-Christians, who are living kind of without hope today. They they wonder, is America's best days behind them? Are my best days behind them? Is there any hope for my children to have a good life? Is there any hope for my grandchildren to have a good life? And what we need to realize and what people need to realize is God's hand has not been shortened. His arm has not been shortened. And that the hope that that people in the Bible had in him is the same hope that we can have in him. There's if you're talking about it, you think Washington, D.C. is going to get its act together. Is there any hope for the world? Well, there probably isn't if that's where you put all your hope. You think the U.N. is going to get its act together and do some good stuff? Well, if that's what you're thinking and that's the only hope you have, then probably there's no hope. But my hope isn't in the U.N. My hope isn't in Washington, D.C. My hope's in Jesus Christ. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, yes... There is hope in the world. Yeah, and, and I believe there's hope for all of those systems, too. Once the kingdom of God invades those systems, once kingdom-minded citizens go and invade those systems, which that's part of the command, go into all the world and make disciples. And we got to remember, this is the this Christmas season, and we got to remember what was written by Isaiah the prophet. Look what he said in, in Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government, ooh, the government will be upon his shoulder. Now, he's not talking about the U.S. government. He's talking about the government of the kingdom of God. Amen. And I like to call it the kingdom of heaven, which is the kingdom from heaven. That government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Verse 7, and of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. That's God's government. Ain't no end to his government. See, and that was before the U.S. Constitution was written. Right, right, that right. That was before right. the U.S. government was ever formed. That's before our country was ever formed. All those words were true then, and those words are true now. Right, 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 right. And that's what, and we keep forgetting, you know, a lot of the reasons Jesus was birthed into the earth. He, he came to set up heaven's government on earth. And that's why he tells us to pray in Matthew 6. He said, pray this way, in this manner, like this, in line with this, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it's done in heaven. That's God's will for the earth. He wants it to be done on earth as it's done in heaven. So, okay, how's it done in heaven? Is there any complaining? Is there any shortness? Is there any lack? Is there any suffering? Is there any sickness? Is there any poverty? Is there any grumbling? No. Heaven Is there any worry and fear? None of that in heaven. So that's what God that's God's desire for earth. 
for people on earth. And he says, I want to use you guys to advance this government of God, this uh, government called the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom from heaven. So, again, a lot of people don't have a revelation of Jesus's. What in the scriptures said he came preaching the gospel of the kingdom. <laughs> See, and, now, and what I would say to that is that one of the problems here is that people don't see that as starting with them. So thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven is going to start with me. So I'm going to be about God's will. I'm going to be about God's plan in my life. Because it's easy to think that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven and think that applies to everybody else or applies to the government or applies to... That needs to apply to each and every one of us as a believer first, and that God's will be done in my life as it, as it is in heaven. That God's will. What did Jesus say? You know, if there's any way this cup can be taken from me, let it be, but no matter what, thy will be done. And that's where we have to be in our life, is that we get to a place where it's God's will. It's not mine. I'm I'm not trying to convince God to follow me. I'm going to listen to his will, and I'm going to follow it. And, and I always tell people God's will, because people will say, well, I don't know what God's will is. And I'm like, pick up the book. It's yeah, in the Bible. You find it on the voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's in the book. It's in the word of God. That's where you're going to find God's will at, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, Old Testament, New Testament. You'll find God's character. And you'll find his will. And he wants you to plant that truth in your heart and allow it to grow up and then live it out. That's why Jesus said before his ascension, he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples, meaning make other students of the scriptures, transform other people by the renewing of their mind. And he says, and I'm, I'll be with you. So, Again, the shepherd says, I'll be with you, but I want you to go and do something. He didn't say go hide. He said, go and advance the kingdom, and I'll be with you as you're doing this. Remember, my sheep hear me, and they know my voice. And a voice of a stranger, they will not follow. Jesus said that. He still considers us a sheep. Remember, the Lord is my shepherd. Okay, well, the shepherd just gave the sheep some commands to go and do something, to advance the kingdom of God. But again, remember, Jesus said, the kingdom is not here or not there, but it's inside of you. Again, Christ in you, the hope of glory. You have to get this as truth. I was speaking with a young man last night who said he was agnostic. And I was like, really? I really explained to me what is an agnostic. He said, well, we don't believe anything. <laughs> we don't believe anything. And the guy was only 20-something years old and said he wants to check out. He don't even want to live. And I was telling him right, that, that there you go, that no hope. Yeah, no hope at all. Twenty some years old. I was telling him that God has a plan and a purpose. He's like, no, I, I don't think he does. And, and I'm ready to go. I say, no, you were birthed into the earth for a reason. He's like, no, I wasn't. I was like, yeah, you were. You're here. Well, why are you here? I don't know. So he was trying to convince me. And he thought I was arguing with him. I said, I'm not arguing with you. I just know the truth. I know everything that's created has a plan and a purpose. I'm looking at all the equipment in the studio. It was created for a purpose. There's nothing that's not created for a purpose. And people are the apple of God's eye. He created us for a purpose. And he wants us to fulfill that purpose on earth. But we have to stay connected to him to find out what the purpose is. Jesus said in John 15, I am the vine. You are the branches. He said, if you stay connected to me, you'll be fruitful. You'll produce what 
you're supposed to be producing. But he said, but if you disconnect, and I always tell people, if I cut a branch off of a tree and just lay, it's going to die. Even if it's laid on the side of the tree, it's still going to die. So we have to stay connected to the true vine. Jesus said something, the shepherd. He says, I am the true vine. So we need to stay connected to him. And one way we can stay connected to Jesus is through his word, through the word of God. Well, you know, you talk about going, and I'm always reminded whenever anybody talks about that kind of thing of the Battle of Jericho. God tells them to walk around the city six days. And then the seventh day, you're going to walk around, you're going to blow the trumpets. Now, as a battle plan, that seems a little ridiculous. You know, I mean, we're going to blow trumpets, really? But the interesting thing there to me is that God doesn't say to them, hey, go sit over there under that tree. I'm going to knock down the walls, and I'm going to take care of everything, and then it'll be yours. He tells them to do something, and they have to follow what he says. It doesn't make any sense from a battle standpoint, from a military strategy standpoint. This makes no sense. But God gives them a command of what they're to go do, the part he calls them to do, and then he's going to take care of the rest. And this is the same thing he does with all of us. He calls us to to go out into the world. He calls us to love our neighbor. He calls us to minister to other people. He calls us to do all of those things. We are to be about it. Whether it makes sense to us or not, we are to be about what he calls us to do, and then he takes care of all the rest. Well, as you were just saying, I was reminded of the young man again that I was speaking with last night. He wanted everything to make sense. He kept on saying we facts. All do. Yeah, he kept on saying facts and scientific. And I was trying to explain to him, yes, do, I asked him, did he believe in oxygen? Or, or can you see it? He says, no. I say, but you believe it's there because you're getting the effects of it. You're breathing it. Because he was like, he don't believe anything that he can't really see, touch, or something he can't rationalize or analyze. And again, the gospel is not logical. God will tell you to do something that seems foolish. Well, do not worry seems foolish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seems... you lose your job. Somebody says to you, do not worry. That seems pretty stupid. That seems foolish to say, do not worry, when you just lost your job and it's a week before Christmas. You, you've been to the doctor and the doctor said, oh, you're going to take this pill for the rest of your life. And somebody says, don't worry. That's going to seem well, foolish. Again, that's the shadow of the valley, the valley of the shadow of death season. And what did he tell you to do in it? He says, you're my shepherd. Though I walk through it, I ain't going to fear. So, I, and somebody told me the word do not fear is in the Bible 365 times. So that's one do not fear for every day. So again, and you know, here's the thing about fear. Fear diminishes your faith. And fear is not from God, because that's why he said, God says in his word, I have not given you a spirit of fear. Right. See, fear is from the enemy. Yeah, fear it's is from, from the enemy. Devil. Yeah, and the devil wants you to latch hold of fear. Be always and, and God says, no, I want you to latch hold of faith. What, what was the thing with Goliath? They were terrified of Goliath. Fear. They, all, they, <laughs> all they had was fear for Goliath. And then David comes along, and he doesn't look at Goliath. He looks at God, and he says, Who's this uncircumcised Philistine that he's he's saying these paraphrasing that he's saying these things to God's army? Why to the army of God? Who who's this guy? It says the the God who saved me from the lion and the bear who saved me from this uncircumcised Philistine. And then what do you tell him? This day, not next week, 
Not three months from now, but this day, the Lord's going to deliver you into my hand. He declared the victory in the beginning. Because he knew God was going to get Because he was and looking see, at God. And that's when your faith's on fire, you'll declare the victory in the beginning. You won't go around with your head down. You'll go, as you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you're walking through it with your head high. So you fight, you get... A pink slip the week before Christmas, and everybody and says, you should be worried. You should be uh-uh, uh, scared. Just, I just got a vacation. Your mind says that same thing. You've got to say, you know what? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not. Ooh, I'm, I'm positioned for increase. God's got something better and for yea, me. Though That's I'm walking be the through mindset. this valley. He is with me. His rod and his staff uh-huh. are going to comfort me, and I am going to be up. You know, I like that. <laughs> I'm on vacation. You know? And people will hear that and they'll go, man, that's just ridiculous thinking. That's just that's just crazy thinking. Well, you that, know what? That you would even think like that or say that or make light. And it's not making light. It's this is life. We're going to go through periods where things don't look good. And we have a choice. Am I going to fall prey to my worry and my fear? Or am I going to believe God and know that he is sufficient? You know what? And, and that's where the rubber meets the road. Are you going to have faith in God? Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three, have faith in God. And I, as I read earlier over in Corinthians, Paul said that your faith will not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. God has power. His word, Scripture says, is living and is powerful. So when you put faith in God, God says, okay, I got to perform this thing. His, his faith in me. And remember, Jesus said something. He said, I don't do anything that the Father hasn't told me to do. Jesus had faith in God. God told Jesus to go to the cross, go to Calvary. Jesus did it. He didn't go there whining and crying and kicking and scratching and saying, no, no, guys, no, I'm the son of God. He went, and the scriptures say he gave up the spirit. He gave up his spirit. He gave his life. Right. He took it. He right, gave right. it up. Yeah. And here's the deal about us who have received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Scripture says we've been bought with the precious blood of Jesus. So God owns us. Jesus owns us. He's our Lord and Savior. He's our owner. So we're his. He's our shepherd. He owns us, and he's going to take care of us. That's have to be a, your mindset. And as you continue to trust God more and more, and just look back on your life as you trusted God, how he brought you through. Remember, he told the children of Israel that he's always told them to remind yourself of what he's done for them. And sometimes we got to look back and say, God, yeah, you brought me through that storm. I thought I'd never weather that one, but you got me through. And here's the deal. You got to praise God through the storm, not whine through the storm, but praise him. Paul said, the psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all time. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. That's in the good times and the bad times. Well, see, the Israelites had seen all these things that God had done, all these plagues on Egypt. They get out, and they should have been going, man, look at all this stuff that God did. And as soon as they're at the edge of the Red Sea, why did you bring us out here to die? Weren't there enough graves in Egypt? It's all over. And we get too hard on them, but we do the same thing. God brings us through a million things, and then we have another problem, and it's almost like we don't know that he can help us. Well, you know, God is good, and God is good all the time. And remember, Jesus is the reason for the season. So, Lord, we love you, and uh, we we just trust you. And that's going to do it for this episode of Faith on Fire. And we just want to remind you, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire. 
P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.